turn between offering us silence and offering some words that I think will be supportive, uh, given some questions that have been posted. I guess I'll start with some words and then we'll have some more silence. I think it's important to put metta in the context of the four Brahma Viharas that Don talked about this afternoon. Because the four of them really work together and they're a kind of um, real great package that uh, shows us how to love in this world um, in a way that, that is both warm-hearted and also um, wise. And so we start out with metta, which is the basic friendliness of heart. It's kind of the foundation of love, you could say. And I don't mean like romantic love. I mean love in the bigger sense of the word, though it could include romantic love. And with metta, what we're focusing on is uh, uh, the good, the good in ourselves, the good in others. And it's that focusing on that that brings forth a basic friendliness. When suffering is present and that's what's really calling our attention, then what we wind up developing is compassion. So compassion is love turned towards um, suffering, towards difficulty. So you see the focus is different with metta. The focus is on what's good. And with compassion, the focus is on suffering. And with appreciative joy or sympathetic joy, the focus is on the joy in our lives and others' lives. This world is not just sorrow. There's also joy. And so it's a great balancer. That third one is really a wonderful balancer for um, compassion. Sympathetic joy balances compassion. So with compassion, when we, when we play with compassion, the risk is despair, right? Despair, overwhelm, um, sorrow. And so um, we can refresh the heart with the focusing on what's joyful. And that gladdens the heart, refreshes it, and keeps balance. And we can do this in our daily lives, <laughs> For example, I used to work um, in the inner city, and at times it was really, there was a lot of suffering. And um, I found that if I got, I could get too focused on only the suffering. And so with the people that I worked with, I started to notice the joy in their lives. It wasn't all suffering. (laughs) And noticing the joy helped to balance my own heart, and I think it helped me be... um, a more balanced person with them. And then equanimity. Equanimity is um, it's the great letting go of control. So the first three, metta, compassion, appreciative joy, they're very warm, we're connecting, we care. And then equanimity reminds us that we can't control what happens. That we might love somebody, but we don't have control over their lives and what happens. We might care about them, and yet they have their own path. They have their own destiny. 
And it, it, so it's a letting go of any attachment that has come up with the first three. It's a relaxing that. And it's not indifference. That's what's really important to remember. It's not like, oh, okay, well, you have your own path. <laughs> it's, it's I care about you and I release you from my attachment to what happens to you, for you, how you live your life. I release you from my demands that things be a certain way for you. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a release, and it's not just for us; it's for others too. And so, it brings the other three into balance. The other three have their fullest expression when equanimity is present. I remember exploring this with my dad when my when my dad was dying. And um, obviously I cared a lot about him and, and the suffering that he was going through. And I noticed that when I could bring in that quality of equanimity, it actually made it possible to care more deeply about him. Because it, you could say that equanimity, it was a protection against um, getting lost in despair. It was a protection against... Um, getting tangled up in my wishes about how it was going to be. My demands. It's a protection from our demands for reality to be a certain way. So it applies with people. It applies with our own lives. It applies with our own experience. We can care about our experience, and we can't control it for the most part. Equanimity is, is knowing that. Um, and other people, especially people we're close to, big gift to give them relief from our attachment that things be a certain way for them. And it's also the bigger questions about this world, like for me, my love for the earth. I'm very, you might have noticed, I'm very much a nature person, an earthy person, and I care deeply about our planet and what's happening. And, and I have that truth, and then I have this other truth of equanimity, which is, is larger. And it's like, don't know. Can't control it. I can't fix it myself. <laughs> I can do what I can do, and I, do, I have my activism work that I do around climate activism. But I, I, really, I, I can only do it if I have the equanimity to balance out my caring. So they work, they're so beautiful together. Now, we don't have time to teach them all, and so we are going to focus on the foundation of metta. But it's helpful to know the, the large context. And then with the metta, when we see our demands come into the situation and or feel it, it's, it's this again. <laughs> when we feel the heart like contracting in some way around the metta, the equanimity reminds us to... Let go and see what happens. Like the metta to me is deeper then because it includes all possibilities. It's not limiting. It's fun to explore what love means and it's a 
It's a big question. There's not an easy answer. What we're doing is exploring our hearts. We're rewilding our hearts by letting our hearts figure it out. (laughs) Our input is the phrases, the images, the setting up the circumstances to draw forth these qualities and draw forth um, what gets in the way, as Don was saying last night, I think. And then the heart learns. You don't have to demand anything of it. It will learn. It doesn't have to be loving. It might want to show you something else that it needs to say. (laughs) So with metta, we are... um, We're trying to reacquaint ourselves with this deep friendliness of heart and trying to, um, over time, it becomes more of the default of our hearts. Without the training, often the default of our hearts is worry or or, um, we have a negativity bias as human beings, so seeing what problems there are, for example. But when we practice metta a lot, it starts to um, become a flavor that we can easily access in our hearts. And we start to see that the world more through the eyes of benevolence. And then the world seems friendlier. <laughs> Somebody wrote a note like, what reality are we talking about when you talk about reality? Because so much of it has to do with perception. And it's actually true. Like, there's different levels of reality in Buddhism. But on one level, yes, we create reality through our, um, our own hearts and our own minds. Now, I'm not getting into you know, all woo-woo, like nothing exists out there and it's all in your mind. But I know that the world's much friendlier to me than it used to be. And, it's, and it's, it hasn't changed <laughs> <laughs> it's my heart that's changed. <laughs> and we want our understanding of metta to be like really through our whole being. I used to go to Burma a lot to practice, and there was a, a monk there. We called him Happy Monk. And he was like the happiest. That was our nickname for him. Miyatong Sayadaw was his official name. And um, I, um, I really have never met anybody happier. And one time I was like, thought I'd ask why. It seemed like a good question. So I said, I'm like, why are you so happy? And his answer, he's like, I have no ill will towards anyone. It's that absence of ill will. That's how they describe metta in Burma. It's like, I have no ill will towards you. I have no ill will towards the snakes. I have no ill will towards anyone. He kind of does his arms like that. (laughs) And then another time, my teacher asked him to talk about metta. She was going to do a talk on metta. She says, talk about metta. And he goes, metta. Metta. (laughs) So like, like learning metta through our whole being, right? There's so, there's so much we can explore with it, so much depth we can explore. 
Now, just so that you all feel at home, um, when I first came to this practice, I hated metta meditation, and I refused to do it. So when there was a metta sitting, I wouldn't come. <laughs> that was the first eight years. <laughs> so <laughs> you can be exactly where you're at. Because <laughs> that was like, like, that's pretty low bar there. <laughs> it was just like, it made me kind of feel nauseous. <laughs> Finally, what happened is I was suffering a lot. So I I really noticed how much I was suffering, and I felt kind of stuck, like things were just not moving. So I went to my teacher, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm suffering so much, I can really see it, but it's just like not moving. Like, what should I do? And he said, um, do a metta retreat. <laughs> I was like, no, (laughs) anything but that. (laughs) But I came here and I did a two-month retreat, most of it on metta and then some of the other Brahma Viharas, Um, and I'm I'm a big fan now. (laughs) I had to go through a few things. I had to learn my heart's trepidation with, with love wasn't sure it was a good idea. So uh, let's move on. And uh, we'll do some metta tonight. Uh, We'll do first for ourselves and then for um, uh, an easy, easy being. So with metta, you always want to go towards what's easy. You're you're not going to follow that, but I'm going to say it again just in case you might. Go towards what's easy. And if you get stuck with somebody, you know, if you can put aside the stuckness and keep going, great. But if you can't, you go to somebody easier. That's how we really explore metta is is, is by going towards what's easy. Now, the fact that we start with ourselves, I know, kind of complicates what I just said. But that, that, let's hold that for when you guide into the other people that you might add in. So there's different ways to do metta for yourself. And um, Dawn led, led a very lovely way last night that I hadn't heard, and I liked it a lot. Um, a way that I found really helpful, and I'm going to explain it beforehand so you can be ready, is to receive metta from somebody or some being who holds you in high regard or has held you in high regard, who sees the best in you. So that, of course, requires you to think of who that person might be or that being might be. Some examples of of people I've used, my 10th grade school counselor, he thought I was great. <laughs> I never understood it because I didn't feel that way about myself, but he, he thought I was just great. And he would look at me with these kindest, kindest eyes. Um, my godchildren, when they were little, I would go over to their house and they'd be like, Becca! You know, like I was the best thing that was that could possibly happen. So, so my image of them and, and how they saw me, that helped. So you, you're, you're, you're using somebody who's going to remind you of your own inner goodness. Um, 
some people use their dogs. You know how dogs, I'm not a dog person, but you do know how dogs can kind of look at you like you're really great. You can try cats. They they don't. (laughs) Some some cats work, but (laughs) but maybe not as easily. (laughs) Um, You know, so it's somebody really easy, really easy, uncomplicated. They think you're great. And if you can't think of anybody you just haven't remembered yet, because you wouldn't be here if you didn't have some some bodies like that in your life, you wouldn't be strong enough. Um, but if you can't remember right now, you can use an iconic being, like the Buddha, or if, or if you like um, Jesus or Mother Mary, or um, the Dalai Lama. Have you ever seen pictures of his eyes and how he looks at people? So you can use some kind of iconic figure, um, if that works better for you. So I've done this also with Kuan Yin. I've done it with Mother Mary, um, receiving the metta. Do you all have somebody yet? So see if you can. I think that was a lot of options. Hopefully one of them works. Um, Some people I know have done a lake or or a tree. Like, you can really be creative. And then we're going to switch, and you're going to offer the metta or share the metta with a really easy being. So it might be the same person. Um, You want somebody as uncomplicated that your feelings are uncomplicated for. So that's not always the closest person. It might not be your spouse or your child. It's complicated. You want so much from them, for them. might be a teacher, a mentor, a grandchild, a niece, nephew, grandparent. Um, but you can figure out who that person is. Uh, once again, I offer for you to get very comfortable. Feel free to lay down if there's a place near you to do that and you would like to. Or if there's not a place, you can find one. But um, if you're on the floor and your body's aching, move to a chair. It's better, it's better not to be in pain when you're doing um, metta practice. It's just too distracting. So you can start by settling into the feeling of relaxation in the body in whatever way that manifests. Maybe a couple of deep breaths, long exhale. Sometimes I recommend uh, just appreciating your body. If if you're here, it works well enough. (laughs) 
even if there might be aches or pains. Just appreciating how hard it works. It's a lot. It's a lot to keep a body going. (laughs) And uh, perhaps that appreciation brings up some friendliness towards our body, ourselves. And when you feel ready, bringing to mind this person or being who sees the best in you, believes in you, delights in you. Let their, perhaps their face, their eyes come into focus. If, if, if visualizing comes to you easy, if not, you can just get a sense of them. Get a sense of them gazing, perhaps, upon you. Get a sense of their their warm-heartedness towards you. And if the first person you choose, you're not really getting it, you're not feeling it, you can try somebody else. Sometimes you have to audition a couple to find the right one. But you want somebody where there's some response in your heart that you feel might just be a dim little flicker, but that something connects with, with their kindness towards you. And You can do this in so many different ways. You can have them saying the phrases for you. They are wishing you health and well-being, happiness and peace, safety. You can notice they're wishing this for you and then see if your heart responds at all. If there's any any response that feels perhaps like some metta or warmth, enjoy it. If something else comes up, notice it as a learning, learning about your heart. And go back to this being and their warmth towards you. Seeing if it wants to be received even just a little bit. Sometimes I've had the image of Mother Mary pouring warm honey. Like that's the metta, it's like warm warm honey soaking into all my cells.
So if the metta, your heart's response wanes, then you go back to the image of this person or being and their warm regard for you. It can be wordless, it can have words, it can be image of offering some metta in some way. No demands on your heart, just explore. If the mind gets tired and it seems like a lot of work, you can just go back to resting with your Vipassana anchor until the energy comes back and you feel ready to do the metta again. can keep it simple too. Perhaps the person's just saying metta or may you be happy. Maybe just looking at you with those kind eyes. Sometimes I see if the heart can relax enough to let it in, to let in the warmth and the kindness. And if, if the heart wants to do that, then you can see if you want to let it spread through the body, nourishing all the cells. They love metta.
This person or being cares about you a lot and feels very kindly towards you and they also have no demands on how it is for you. They respect your sovereignty and your own destiny. They have faith in you. To live your own life. And if you are enjoying doing the metta for yourself, receiving it, letting it in, please feel free to continue. Or if you want now, bringing to mind somebody who you delight in very easily, might be the same person or being, might be somebody else. Somebody, when you think of them, your heart spontaneously feels delight and appreciation and With ease, you wish them well. Person or being. You can, again, bring them to mind or a sense of them. And you can even take a few moments to contemplate what's so delightful about them. Their goodness good qualities. Even with that contemplation, notice if your heart responds, if there is a sense of warmth and kindness just out of that contemplation. And if so, enjoy it, offer it to them.
seeing the image of them, seeing how the heart responds and when it responds with kindness, enjoying that. And if it responds with some other information, seeing what you can learn. If it gets too complicated, let them go and find somebody easier. You can use the phrases if if they support the metta. Some people like phrases and some people find it's better without. May you be safe and protected. Happy and peaceful. May you be strong and healthy. May you take care of yourself with ease and joy. Again, it's a very relaxed thing, not demanding your heart to be any way, but to providing circumstances that bring forth the metta, the circumstances being this image or sense of this delightful being. And when the metta is present, enjoying it, that being mindful of it, enjoying it is a way that you strengthen it. I wish for your happiness 
and I let go of any demands that things be a certain way for you. You can continue with this very easy person, or if there's somebody else who's been knocking on the door, you can let them in. We'll have a few minutes where you can bring in other people, other loved ones, either individually or in a group and in the same way. Share these wishes of well-being with them.
We can end our metta meditation today by extending metta outwards in larger and larger circles. And we can start by wishing well to our fellow meditators who've been accompanying us this weekend, appreciating their dedication and support, and wishing them well. Extending that warmth of kindness throughout this room. May you be safe and protected, happy, peaceful, strong, and healthy. May you take care of yourself with ease and joy. Then outwards to include the staff, the cooks who have been feeding us, and the office staff, and Rodney, the manager, and administration facilities. Wishing them all well. And including the other beings on this land, both seen and unseen small and large, the bugs and spiders and frogs hidden somewhere in the cold winter, the birds, the chickadees and titmice, crows, blue jays, the fox and the deer, the bear, the moose. Rabbits, squirrels, chipmunks, all the beings that share this land and have been here with us, even if we haven't seen them. Wishing them well, too. Then we extend the metta in all directions to all beings everywhere. Boundless heart of metta, it's sometimes called. May all beings everywhere be safe and protected, happy and peaceful, strong and healthy. May all beings live with ease. May all beings be free. So if you wish, you can continue the metta meditation into your walking period. You can do it for yourself as you're walking, or you can um, 
do it for your easy person. Put them at the end of your walking path, and as you walk towards them, you can send them metta. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.